Well, here we are again. The eve of a big decision for a five-star defensive lineman. Seems like we just went through this around a week ago, because we did around a week ago. The eve of another big decision, five-star defensive lineman. There was some uncertainty last week. There is a whole lot of uncertainty today. The only certain part of this, Parker, is it feels like out of the top five that he's released, in terms of who has a legitimate shot here tomorrow, OU, Texas A&M, Ohio State would be the three that uh, seem to be the most common that have a realistic chance tomorrow with Don McKinley. Yeah, and I'm not even really sure Ohio State is in it. There was some slight, slight confidence on that side earlier in the week, but that's really died. It's OU and A&M, Tyler. Yeah. That's what it is. Sooners and Aggies, which uh, I think it is worth pointing out. There have been a lot of defensive line battles over the last couple of years between the Sooners and the Aggies, and really none of them have gone Oklahoma's way. So the precedent here is not great, admittedly. Yeah. It'd be a nice time to turn it around tomorrow at 335 when Don McKinley announces, huh? Getting one over uh, Texas A&M. What is A&M's biggest advantage here? Like any other five-star defensive line recruit, we would say, oh, it's NIL is what is really pushing Texas A&M here. Is that the case again, or have they found a way to develop some of the uh, relationships that uh, Dominic McKinley's mom loves so much in this recruitment? Well, look, I think it, and I wasn't initially convinced that proximity was a huge deal, but hearing from a source on the Ohio State end that you know proximity was kind of the big reason why Ohio State fell out of favor for Dom McKinley, I, I do think that's part of it, and also. I, I, I recall a conversation I had with a source. This is probably going back five or six months. But that source remarked that Jimbo Fisher is just really, really good at flipping a certain switch when it comes time to sit down with recruits ah, and their families. It goes like, from used car salesman to yes, maybe yes, a normal but, human being. Well, exactly. Like he's Apparently, there's a whole different side of him well, that didn't when he's me. recruiting <laughs> as opposed to what the media tends sure to see is. when he's up there pontificating uh, at his press conferences. So I would imagine that is part of it, too. Like that, The relationships from all that McKinley and his mom have uh, – said publicly the relationships at a&m are pretty strong and i know people think a&m they're like well you know it's bs like what relationships you think a&m does relationships no they do and actually from everything i've heard jimbo's pretty good at making it appear that he is anything but a scumbag when (laughs) interacting with these recruits and their family we've uh brought up dom mckinley's mother quite a bit in this recruitment because she is a I, i think she's very much a factor in this recruitment So much so, and I'm not hating on it, it's just the reality of the situation. So much so that I'm looking at an article on 24-7 Sports Parker, and it is full of Dominic McKinley quotes, but it's also full of Angie McKinley quotes as well. So hat science is a thing when it comes to recruiting. Is mom science a thing when it comes to recruiting? (laughs) I don't know. You guys are about to decide. We're about to find out. Here's how mom feels. Angie McKinley feels about all five of the schools in the Final Five for uh, her son, Dom. And let's see if we can read between the lines on maybe what the decision is tomorrow, who she favors. First, regarding LSU, Angie says, quote, that's close to home. That's the mom answer, of course. Yeah. The coaches, they developed a relationship. They are phenomenal. My biggest thing about LSU is I can get to you in 45 minutes. 
So proximity is what's working best for LSU. There okay? you go. Uh, Ohio State, Coach Larry Johnson is amazing. The staff and Coach Ryan Day, they welcomed us like a family. It was nice to see people of that caliber and people of that status were welcoming to my family and trying to do everything they could to make us comfortable and build those relationships with them. So she expanded a little bit more on Ohio State than she did LSU if we're going to do the, the mom science, right? Regarding Oklahoma, Angie says, oh my gosh. Those are the most genuine people I've ever met in my life. So genuine, so sincere and passionate about football, passionate about Dominic, such a great coaching staff. So let's just stop there for a second. What was the one thing I said on Tuesday about why Oklahoma felt that they were in a good position to get McKinley's Because mom really liked OU. Because mom loved Oklahoma. And if you can't tell from those quotes, let me just reaffirm it. Mom loves her some Oklahoma. Those are the loves most genuine Bates, people I've met in my life. Loves Brent Venables, loves the soul mission, loves everything about the OU culture. If Oklahoma doesn't get Dominic McKinley, it's not going to be because Angie doesn't have. Angie might a, be mad if he picks Texas A&M tomorrow. Now, she says some nice things about A&M here. Okay, continue. Uh, on Texas, we were able to visit them twice. A great staff. Coach Bo was very welcoming, was knowledgeable, able to answer all of our questions. Coach Sark, he just texted me a couple days ago. He's always in touch. I feel confident they could grow Dominic in every aspect. So not as glowing, not as glowing. Oklahoma, a lot more glowing than the previous other three schools that we mentioned. Now here's A&M, the true contender for five-star Dominic McKinley. Angie says, quote, I not only got to know the coaches, I got to know their families as well, where I knew they would text me after church. How was church? We did that at church today. It was really like a family. I know that Coach Robinson has a great personality, one that Dominic can connect with. Coach Mason is always texting Dom and keeping in touch. Even with me, they became like my family as well. So OU and A&M, if we're doing the mom, I, if we're doing the mom science here, OU and A&M are the, well, the two front runners. And it's kind of awkward that I have to say this, or have to bring this up based on those comments, but... Elijah Robinson did pass away, so he is no longer in the picture for Texas A&M. Correct. Which was a tragic deal, and obviously that we it was one thing that we that, that's going back probably a month or so. We discussed that. Um, obviously, condolences to Coach Robinson and his family. But I just I found it odd that she would bring up Coach Robinson when he is no longer part of Texas A&M's recruiting efforts with Dominic McKinley. Angie said her son has gone back and forth on his final two. Quote, we'll see what his final decision will be. And again, I... I final two. Yeah, again, I mentioned this in the 1 o'clock hour, and I'll rehash it here. Dominic McKinley told a national recruiting reporter earlier this week that he's had his decision finalized for about a month. Now here comes mom saying, yeah, he's down to two and he's kind of waffling. Somebody is not telling the whole truth. I don't know who it is. I'm not sure how you could know who it is, but somebody is not telling the whole truth. Well, if I guess if I'm rooting for who's actually telling the truth here, I feel like I would be rooting for mom to be telling the truth, that he's gone back and forth on his final two, because if the decision was made... I don't, if the decision was made a month ago, may, maybe that doesn't make me feel as great about OU. I, I think OU's in the final two. There's at least been one part here recently where he thought... Yeah, I think Oklahoma's where I want to go. So I guess I'm rooting for mom to be telling the truth uh, By the way, I need to correct truth myself. Truth science. I made a really stupid mistake. I wrote a eulogy for somebody who is still with us. It was not Elijah Robinson that passed away. It was Terry Price. 
which thank you to the listener that just texted me that because that egg on my face. But yes, Elijah Robinson is still around at Texas A&M. I'm not sure how I got that twisted in my head. But, yes, it was Terry Price that passed, not Elijah Robinson. Um, Todd Bates, what's the scuttlebutt there? Is he still planning on making a trip down to Lafayette, Louisiana tomorrow night? Or is he still kind of in wait-and-see mode on if he's going to make it down there or not? D- does, he need, does he need confirmation <laughs> that Don well, McKinley is going to pick OU to yes, fly down there? Yes, yes he does. Like, and I mentioned this last hour, too, but neither staff has been informed of a final decision from McKinley. I have confirmed that from both the Oklahoma side and the Texas A&M side. So, if and when they are informed of that final decision, that will obviously have bearing on Coach Bates' travel plans because if the kid commits to Texas A&M tomorrow, then there's not a whole lot of reason for Bates to go down there to Louisiana. Especially for an 11 a.m. kickoff the next day. Yeah, that's a quick, that's a quick turnaround, right? 580, maybe David Stone. Talked uh, DM to do to A&M what they did to OU with Hicks. That would feel great if that was the case. If uh, A&M, everyone thought he was going to A&M tomorrow, only to switch to OU at the last second. Todd Bates apparently saved the day last Saturday with a 3 p.m. phone call. The decision's not until 3.35 tomorrow, Parker. How about Todd Bates just gets another one of those 3 p.m. phone calls to, uh, to, win, to, to win this one for OU side? I don't know. The 3 that p.m. phone call worked on Saturday. That is true. Hey, 3.30 gives you a half an hour, right? So just same deal, different week. When, when we talked about this yesterday, I was curious to see, okay, in the next 24 hours, is there anyone bold enough to put in a prediction? Is there anyone bold enough to flip their Texas pick to A&M or OU? And I haven't seen any crystal balls or future casts that have been changed since no. we talked about this 24 hours ago. No, because well, nobody knows. Like, the yeah. staffs don't know. No one really no one really knows. Yeah, again, it's not a case of people holding out on those Texas predictions. It's a case of people not knowing whether to flip their Texas predictions to Oklahoma or to Texas A&M. And, again, I, I think the intel right now would favor Texas A&M slightly, but it's a five-star defensive lineman, and if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. We've seen enough of those to know that you can't really take it to the bank until it is over, over. And so – I. Those predictions will flip at some point. They might not flip until hours or minutes before the announcement. The question becomes, do they flip to A&M or do they flip to Oklahoma? And does anybody by then have a concrete idea of where the kid's actually committing? Guy says, after David Stone, didn't Todd Bates say, wait till you see who we're getting next? McKinley silently committed? He's coming, guys. Yeah, he said something, and you won't guess who's next. Uh, which was uh, quite a statement after David Stone committed on Saturday. Gabriel Brownlow Dindy via the portal. <laughs> yeah, Todd Bates would be right. I would not have guessed who's <laughs> next in if that was the case. Uh, Colin Claremore says, okay, if Dom really has had his mind made up for the last month, I think I feel pretty good about OU. I haven't heard much about the Ags until the last week or so, so if we're really top two, I like our odds. Who, who's on Flight Tracker Watch tomorrow? Is, is anyone available Friday afternoon for Flight Tracker Watch to see if anything's leaving at a Max Westheimer Airport for uh, Lafayette, Louisiana? Can, can anyone keep track of that, please? Because uh, if, if we see that Todd Bates is flying down for uh, Dom McKinley's game tomorrow night, that would be a pretty good indication of where things uh, might be headed. Very good indication. 918, if Todd Bates goes to see him play, it makes me feel that if he does not end up going down there, 
he sees a strong flip opportunity with the recent momentum, even if he chooses elsewhere in the immediate. Is this one that, regardless of the decision tomorrow, you are tabbing as, okay, that's big for this school, that's big for OU or A&M, but this is in no way, no chance it's done until signing day? I, what, I guess what's the true flip potential here, regardless of what's decided tomorrow? Well, I, this is what I will say. The flip potential, if you will, with williams Winery will be substantially higher than the flip potential with Dominic McKinley, in my mind. Gunner from Grove says, another decommit for Muleshoe. Oh, that- 2025 safety. He must have watched the Week Zero game last week. Yeah, that kid committed to USC without ever visiting. So it wasn't going to take much. Was he from for the him to, state of Alabama? Yeah. Is that right? And it was because yeah. his brother committed to USC as a transfer. So he was following his brother, but he'd never been to campus. And so it wasn't hard to figure that at the earliest sign of well, really any type of red flag that he'd probably take a step back and reopen his recruitment. Well, still great regardless. Six D commits now this, this cycle. Six D commits this year for the USC staff. Oh, you got to love it. And several of you including a texture from the 405, uh, CD from Hockley. Several of you are in on uh, watching the uh, flight tracker tomorrow. Appreciate that. That would be, that'd be much appreciated. All right, guys, it's the 31st. Let's reward the KREF Recruiter of the Month coming up next. KREF Recruiter of the Month. We, were, we are rewarding it next. I think we all know the answer here, but speak now or forever hold your peace. If you want a submission in for KREF Recruiter of the Month, 405-651-3439. Get it in right now on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. More OU Cruton coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Ref Army listening worldwide today via our free KREF app. Just search KREF in the App Store. Lawton, United Kingdom is tuned in today. Edmonton, Canada. Honolulu, Hawaii. Butte, Montana, Buffalo, New York, Auburn Hills, Michigan, Tucson, Arizona, Perryton, Texas, and our Oklahoma small town of the day, Comanche, Oklahoma. Comanche. Nice today. little town. I've driven through there a time or two. Just now. search KREF in the App Store for our free app. Real quick, uh, that's brought to you by Affordable Garage Door. They are the official garage door company of the Oklahoma Sooners. You know who else is listening somewhere today, as he is every day, is Doug Miles. Who gets a special shout-out today for educating everybody on Nielsen ratings. Yeah. Well done, Doug. Did, yeah, you read that? Yes. That was that was very cool of Doug to write the story on KREF. Very very much appreciated. We very love you, appreciated. Doug. Yeah, we do. Not just today, Doug. Love you every day. Don't just love you because you wrote a story on KREF. Love you even before you wrote a story on KREF. Thank you very much for that. Um, look, it's a, it's a tight race right now for KREF Recruiter of the Month. Between Todd Bates and Ronnie By God Crimson, as this texture in the 580 says. Ronnie By God Crimson and Todd Effin Bates, co K Ref Recruiter of the Month for August. Coy says Todd Bates is easily the recruiter of the month. There should be no debate about this. Um, Todd, I mean, Ronnie Bleeping Crimson says Loco, Ohio. Cherokee Sooner just says Ronnie Crimson. Here's more Todd Bates. So. It either needs to be Todd Bates as Recruiter of the Month and Ronnie Crimson as Honorable Mention, or it needs to just be co-KREF Recruiters of the Month, and it's Ronnie Crimson and Todd Bates, however we want to split it up. But those are your two winners right there. I th- yeah, Todd Bates needs to be Recruiter of the Month. Ronnie Crimson needs to be 
assistant recruiter of the month. <laughs> it needs to be an edit of – it needs to be a photo of Todd Bates with a, like, 20% transparency yeah. image of Ronnie Crimson cropped onto it. You know, what What started is just a fun idea for Ronnie, and now he's two for two with recruits. I know. Like, yeah, next year is going to be – like, people might get upset depending on which he, which recruit he chooses to chase – for the 2025 cycle. And maybe it ends up being someone very obvious, like David Stone, that makes all the sense. But if Ronnie Crimson doesn't pick the right recruit to chase in some people's eyes, he he might he might hear about it. Well, so choose wisely, Ronnie. Ronnie Crimson, like I'll give him credit. He started tweeting at Phil Pichotti long before it was ever apparent that OU was going to be even a final contender for Phil Pichotti. It looked like it was going to be... Penn State for quite a while that got Pachati's commitment. And it wasn't until probably about a month after Ronnie Crimson started tweeting at him that it became apparent, okay, like Oklahoma's in this thing a lot more than people understand. Yeah. So David Stone was kind of obvious, yes. Phil Pachati was not. So I'm confident riding with Ronnie Crimson and trusting that whoever he picks is going to be a guy that Oklahoma reels in. Sugar Shane, I'm the recruiter of the month. I like David Stone's post three times. Jim in Arlington, I cannot read that, but yes, it is funny. Also, we we need to start thinking about KREF Recruiter of the Cycle. Like we're going to continue to do KREF Recruiter of the Month, but we need to do KREF Recruiter of the Cycle. And at the end, whoever wins, we need to get some funds together and like donate to the charity of their choice or the NIL of their choice, oh, whichever <laughs> one that they want. But yeah, start to uh, start thinking about KREF uh, Recruiter of the Cycle. Well, I'll tell you who's leading the race right now. Emma Jones. Yeah, you. Yeah. I was about to say you and I probably have the same answer. It's very, very clear right now that Emmett Jones has the leg up on the competition. Uh, Aaron and Lubbock, our tech buddy. Todd Bates gave me his pitch last night. He's making a pit stop in Lubbock on his way back from Dominic McKinley's game in Louisiana. Hayes is dropping my top three next week. Aaron, um, if Tech loses at Wyoming, I think that there could be a flip before week two. Some people are picking Tech to go to Laramie, Wyoming, and lose on Saturday. Really? I am not one of those. Yeah, no. That's... But I just I think Aaron's really close to saying, "All right, screw it. I'm an OU fan. Let's go." And it would be what what a job it would be by us on this show to flip a Tech fan to an OU fan. I tell you, as far as Wyoming football, what you really need is for Cade McIntyre's older brother to really pop off this year as a redshirt freshman and then hit the transfer portal. Seriously, man. Seriously. Uh, okay, so we are like what a, a little over uh, forty eight or a little under forty eight hours until kickoff. Are you any more optimistic right now about Terry Bussey and OU's chances there than you were maybe Monday? Has there been any change whatsoever throughout the week? With I the had five star. So I had a conversation last night with a good source on that recruitment. That yes, yes, it increased my optimism. My optimism is still not very high though. I think at the end of the day, that kid still goes to Texas A&M or LSU unless Oklahoma blows the kid away this this uh, weekend. And I know they're going to try. I know they're going to make every effort, both on a staff level and a peer-to-peer level, to make Terry Bussey feel comfortable at Oklahoma. But I just – I'm not convinced, man. I'm not convinced right now. They just have so much ground to make up, you know? So much ground to make up. And and maybe if the decision day was really pushed back, maybe you'd feel more optimistic. It's just – it feels like it's it's a big ask for sure at this point. 
Loco Ohio says the alternate uniforms Houston dropped today are beautiful. Yes, they are. Completely unrelated to this conversation, but yes, those are elite alternate jerseys. Uh, Michael from Logan County says this is an easy choice for recruiters of the month. It's all the people who sell USC season tickets. The Mecca was packed. Gee, that's a real that's a real crowd shot there from uh, USC San Jose State. Yeah, yeah, Good yeah, thing San you. Jose State travels, you know, to to fill up some of those seats in the Coliseum. Sean from Bixby says maybe Ronnie Crimson and Todd Bates should both go to McKinley's game it's tomorrow. Not night? a bad idea. It's really it's not. I've it's not a bad idea actually. I really like that idea. The more that I think about it. Hey, one more thing on Don McKinley. I I knew that he was big. I knew that he was athletic. I knew that this kid was gifted, that he's smart, that he works hard, all of that. I've read it. I, this is just the first time I've seen the actual 40-yard dash numbers. Um, everyone here listening wants Dominic McKinley to OU. I understand that. But, guys, this kid is six foot six, 285 pounds, and he runs a 4 7 um, That'll play. This, this kid's a freak. Is, is what he, he's a freak athletically. Oh, my gosh. Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, if Emmett Jones pulls off Gary Busey, he automatically wins Gary next year Busey. as well. Didn't Gary Busey an Oklahoma State grad? I don't know. Probably. Or an Oklahoma State fan, at least. I think he, I think he might be. Ron and Alito asks, Parker, why do you feel A&M has a slight edge for McKinley as of now, proximity to home or the bag or both? Well, it's a combination of those things as, as well as relationships because I, mom favors OU. That much is clear, but I – the relationships at A&M are solid. The relationships at Texas are solid. The relationships at OU are solid. I don't know that Oklahoma has distanced themselves from the field in the relationships game the way that they have with a lot of their other recruits in this cycle that they got commitments from. And I just, based on the sum of the intel right now, and I've used that term a lot this week because that's really all you can go off when a kid's playing it this close to the vest and there's so much conflicting information being thrown around. You'll hear different things from different people, but based on the sum of the intel, I believe, and it seems at this point most of the industry believes, that it is down to Oklahoma and A&M, and that as of this particular moment in time, exactly 25 hours to the minute before we get a decision, A&M has the slight edge for McKinley. But it can change. It could. We've, we've seen it change before down the stretch. And according to David Stone... Again, Todd Bates did just that last Saturday, a few hours before his announcement. So we'll, uh, we'll see if they can do it again. 405-651-3439 is the Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, OU's got some visitors in for 2024, yes, but also an elite in-state prospect coming in as well. Not in this class, but a name that you probably know. We'll tell you who that is and more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Yes, there's college football on tonight. There's also high school football on tonight on the ref. KREFsports.tv. That's KREFsports.tv. we got two games for you on this Thursday night. The Crosstown Clash, Norman High and Norman North at 7.30. And then Piedmont at El Reno at 7 p.m. That's on your phone that's on your iPad, that's on your computer, KREFsports.tv. You can watch the live stream of the game and the broadcast as well. And also, if you're one of those folks that likes to get out and about on Friday night, well, Thursday night in this case, and watch some Oklahoma high school football, obviously if you'd rather sit at home, take it easy, 
KRefSports.tv has you covered. But if you want to get out and about, how often do you get to see two OU commits go head-to-head? Well, you'll get the opportunity tonight up at Heritage Hall High School because Andy Bass and the Heritage Hall Chargers will be welcoming Jaden Nickens and Millwood. So the three-star athlete Bass in the 2024 class for Oklahoma will be meeting one of the early commits in the 2025 class in the four-star wide receiver Jaden Nickens. I did see that Colton Yarborough is going to make it into Norman this weekend. Four-star edge in the 2026 class, so a long way to go with that one. Four-star edge out of uh, Durant, but he's a top 65 player nationally in the 2026 class. So again, long ways to go. This will not be his last visit to Norman, I'm guessing, but at least got to note that Colton Yarborough is going to be in town on Saturday. And he's been to Oklahoma a lot over the last couple years. He likes Oklahoma a lot. Of course, the big hang-up with him is, yeah, he's an in-state kid. Yeah, he's nationally regarded as a top 100 player already in the 2026 cycle. But that he's a C4 guy. And needless to say, ever since the Zadavian Sims debacle, things between Oklahoma and C4 have not exactly been simpatico. So... That's an issue that's going to have to be worked past, and I think they will find a way to work. They got a couple past of years it. to work to work yeah, past it. Yeah, hopefully they look, can. Like, that's I don't think it's a it's the type of deal where they're going to refuse to offer Colton Yarbrough because of his affiliation with a certain seven on seven program, uh, training program. I guess more accurately, what I do know is like there's there's been conversations between the C four folks and. Oklahoma and those I think those bridges are slowly being repaired but I I will say this does Colton Yarbrough already have an Oklahoma offer if not for his association with C4 I, I would say yes so the timeline of the offer is and has been dragged out somewhat but if and when that offer does come I do think Oklahoma is going to be very tough to deny in the recruitment of Colton Yarbrough because he is big on the Sooners. Uh, an in-state kid got a big offer last night, C.J. Nixon, uh, Nick Nixon in the 2025 class. 24-7 sports has him as a top 40 player nationally. Rivals just updated its rankings, what, last week, and I think he was outside the top 100. Uh, but C.J. Nixon, the four-star edge out of Weatherford, according to 24-7 sports, gets the Georgia offer. That kid's an athletic specimen, man. And I think great that, basketball player, yeah, great and, football player. He can do whatever he well, wants. And the big question with him is, does he play basketball? Does he play football? I, I would tend towards him playing football. I think he likes basketball a little better, but I also think he's got, you know, the right people in his ear to let him know, Hey dude, basketball it, for a six, four, six, five forward. You're not going to go as far. You're not going to be able to go as far as you can in football with your athletic tools. Yeah, you can you can choose where you want to go in football. I mean, he's got the Georgia. Uh, he can go anywhere in the country he wants. Yeah. Basketball, he would have some options for sure, but I don't know if he could go anywhere in the country like he could in in, in football. So, like like the upside of his athletic career, where he could make the most noise, make the most money. It it kind of feels like it would be kind of feels like it would be football. Uh, Gorney. Had a little story out today. Gorn Dog, let's yeah, go. Gorn Dog. And we mentioned it yesterday of like the top 100 players left, only 15 are uncommitted. So he had the, um, like the biggest surprises so far to him in this recruiting cycle. And he says the biggest surprise that he's seen from committed players so far this cycle 
is Williams Winery going to uh, Missouri? I don't know if that's too soon, if if it's way too soon for people to to hear that or to even bring that up, but Gorn Dog, as you called him, said, yeah, I've seen a lot of surprises so far in the cycle, but none bigger than Williams Winery picking Mizzou. Well, I think just because that's it's surprising to everyone nationally because I I think you know what the root of that decision is, right? On paper, there's not a ton of reason for a kid of that caliber to go play at a place like Missouri unless you have a substantial NIL package involved. And for Williams Nguyenary, I I can't promise anything long term in that recruitment, but I it just does not seem as though Missouri is going to be able to cash that one in without a heavy push down the stretch from Oklahoma and potentially other schools. So we've but already I, talked about hat science. We've talked about mom science. If glove science is a real thing, then yeah, yeah you're 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 right on that one. Yeah, and I look if I if he does flip, I believe he flips to Oklahoma. Which, by the way, did he decommit today after seeing that Missouri video that everyone's <laughs> making fun of on the internet? <laughs> Did that single-handedly make him change his mind and say, all right, come on, guys, really? That's, that's how you know their head coach is Eli Drinkwitz. I mean, that was, the, that was corny, dude. Uh, that was bad, bad, bad. Even Missouri fans were making fun of it. That's how bad that it was. It was, it was not good. Mizzou plays tonight, correct? Do they play South Dakota? They do. Oh, let's go. South Dakota. You the yo talk about making me a happy man. Let South Dakota pull the uh, pull the upset tonight. It's Yotes, baby. It'll turn into a Thursday night rager if uh, South Dakota pulls off the win. It'll be fantastic. How happy will you be on these airwaves tomorrow? Um, I like I can't. I don't know what the word is. I don't know how to describe that. It would just be more of a sound that I would make coming <laughs> in tomorrow. I, like I don't know if there's a word to describe it. It's just a, a, a sound. It would be. Oh, it would be amazing. I had this down in the rundown sheet for two days, and we haven't gotten to it. Oh, okay. Um, but it just says, why did Kevin Sperry move up 57 spots in the newest rivals rankings? Well, because he's really good, but okay, what exactly? Like, what did Kevin Sperry do this summer to move up 57 spots? I mean, that's like one of the biggest risers in those new rivals rankings. I guess Teddy basically let us know about that earlier today on his own Twitter page when he was... You know, making fun of where he's ranked and said, I'll save you a lot of time. Just go ahead and put him in the top ten. I was texting with Teddy earlier today about that very tweet. I was like, hey, Ted, you want to you wanna join Rivals National Scouting Team? You want to start doing these evals? Because obviously Teddy knows ball, right? And so I'm like, hey, Ted, you want to just, just do evals? And he was like, I, I'll censor his response. His response was, <laughs> they'd have to pay me a crap ton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he's he's uh, he's been on the Kevin Sperry train for quite some time, which is quite surprising because generally young guys are guys that Teddy is notably averse to giving praise to. You're yes, one hundred. I've I've seen it too many times, man. But you know, like uh, David Payne will issue his own tornado warning. Uh, <laughs> Teddy has issued his own five star rating for Kevin Sperry. 24-7 rivals on three ESPN. Nobody else has Kevin Sperry a five-star. Nobody else has Kevin Sperry as a five-star. 24-7 has him as a three-star. Yeah, it's still, crazy. Which. Teddy Lehman has Kevin Sperry as a five-star, though. It, that's If you want to call him a five-star quarterback, at least in one service, the Teddy Lehman service, Kevin Sperry is uh, indeed ranked a, ranked a five-star. But back to the question that I've been meaning to get to all week. 
Like, did he go to a certain camp? Like, what was the what was the reason why he shot up fifty seven spots? I just think it's an, an expanded understanding of what that guy's skills actually are and what his body of work actually suggests. Because initially, the ratings on him coming out of his sophomore year were very modest, and think that had a lot to do with the fact that Rock Hill, his former high school in Texas, was not very good. And so his tape left much to be desired, not because of any shortcomings of his, but because, you know, he'd put balls on his receivers and they just wouldn't, they wouldn't bring him in. They'd go glancing off their hands. He was constantly under duress. And so transferring to Carl Albert, make no mistake, it's going to be a boon for that kid's stock as far as the recruiting rankings and his high school career as a whole because no longer does he have to carry a team on his shoulders at Carl Albert. So I think the the mindfulness of that transfer and what it's going to do for him as well as his performance at the Rivals camp down in Texas back in May when he was co-MVP at the quarterback position. Well, not co-MVP. I think he finished second, but he finished second to Michael Hawkins. So, again, like – I, I had it on good authority from several rivals national folks that were there. You know, if Michael Hawkins hadn't shown up, Kevin Sperry would have been the MVP. Sure. So the the opinion of him is very high as an individual, and I think it's only going to get higher as he hits the field week after week with the Titans and puts some things on tape that he wasn't he simply wasn't in position to accomplish at Rock Hill with the supporting cast he had there. From the 405 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, I can't describe the vibe I get when you guys root for my home state of South Dakota. I might learn the fight song by the end of the day. I'm certainly going to learn the fight song if the Yotes end up pulling off the upset tonight at Missouri. Neutral field, would you take South Dakota State or Missouri? Um, South Dakota. However, I'm glad it's not in a neutral field. I, I might make it up to Columbia and rush the field tonight if South Dakota wins. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do if South Dakota wins. We <laughs> have to start driving real soon. But it's it's going to be it's going to be epic. <laughs> the uh, the maintenance staff is sweeping the sweeping out the bleachers, and here comes Tyler it's running me. out of the tunnel, hands over his tripping head. on that dorky rock M that they have in in one of those end zones. Hey, I know we've tried to block out last year from our memory, but uh, I. I will remind everyone that in the season opener last year, there was a true freshman that had a moment, had a big moment, and was one of the biggest stories of the game. So what are the chances another true freshman in this opener does something very similar this year, makes a big play, maybe one of the biggest stories of the day, and who's most likely to be that true freshman? I don't know, text line, you tell us, 405-651-3439. We'll get to that those responses and a whole lot of recruiting coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Sorry, brought to you by Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno, where Teddy will be today. I love Sark's vodka. He, he tunes in at like 2.45. We've been talking about Don McKinley. Just tuning in, McKinley. I want my McKinley update, and I want it now, is what Sark's vodka says. Um, still no commitments coming in for either OU or A&M, believed to be the two leaders right now. Do you think in the next 24 hours we will start to see OU or A&M predictions coming in? Or is no one going to have an idea in the next 24 hours? I'll bet you within 12 hours we start to see some predictions coming in. Now, how conclusive and authoritative those predictions are, I can't say. But we're 
we're a little more than 24 hours out. Generally, nobody's going to completely refrain from making predictions on a five-star, even if they don't know 100%. They'll just, especially the national guys, you know, who are expected to have a pick in, in one of these situations, they'll make a pick based off Intel, even if they don't know for sure if there's a commitment. And there are folks that are going to have to bail on their Texas predictions because yep. it does not look like right now that it is going to be Texas. By the way, the tweet has been sent at KREF Sports. KREF Recruit of the Month is officially Todd Bates, along with co-winner Ronnie Crimson. So Todd Bates is the KREF Recruiter of the Month for August. July was DeMarco Murray, and then June, May, and April were Emmett Jones. And when we started this month, I think we were all hoping that Todd Bates would be the KREF Recruiter of the Month. Because if he was, it means he has landed a big-time five-star defensive lineman. He has done so, and if he gets Don McKinley tomorrow, he's going to have a massive lead for KREF Recruiter of the Month in September. Let's say the improbable happens. And Terry Bussey shows up to Norman on Saturday and is just like, screw it, I'm a Sooner. Do we just call it and hand Emmett Jones K-Ref Recruiter of the Year at that point? He'll be K-Ref Recruiter of the Cycle, yeah. That, that, one will be, that one will be locked up at that point. Even if he has a decommit at some point because someone's like, hey, there's like six other or five other <laughs> receivers here with me. He, he would still win it for the Cycle, yeah. Uh, okay, who's the true freshman that's going to make the big impact on Saturday, just like Gavin Freeman did last year? From the 405, Peyton Bowen, pick six. 813, Josiah Wagner, pick six. Santa John says Jackson Arnold will amaze on Saturday. 918, here's a Peyton Bowen. 214, Dalen Smothers goes 99 yards for a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Mop-up duty. 918 PJ Adabare with the quarterback sack slash strip for a touchdown. KA and BA Walker will break off an 80 plus yarder for a touchdown. So we've got like five or six different submissions for the true freshman that's going to have the biggest impact. That's normally a pretty good sign for a recruiting class if it's not just one obvious. Ooh, here's a question Who scores the first touchdown of the season? Tawi Walker. Really? Tawi Walker. Yeah. Last three years, it's been a rushing touchdown. Seth McGowan in 2020, rip. It was Caleb Williams in 2021 and then Dylan Gabriel a year ago. So three straight years, it's been a rushing touchdown and a short one at that. Tommy well, Walker who, is a pretty good bet. Who would be the favorite in, the, in those odds? I, I would say Tommy Walker. Tommy Walker, the favorite. Marcus yeah. Major, maybe right behind him. It'd be one of those two. Or yeah. a fake field goal again to Zach Schmidt and he scores the first touchdown like the fake against Iowa State. I bet I could get some pretty good odds on that one. They just run that fake again like they did against Iowa State last year. They come out in an alternate field goal, field goal formation that features trips punters split out <laughs> wide. Elzinga, Plaster, Plaster and scores. Ashton Logan. Plaster scores the first touchdown of the year. Lloyd says Stoops first. 8-1-3, Stoops no question. Here's a Marcus Major. Bowen with the punt return. Yeah, we got like, we got like six freshmen who are going to make a – Big game. Look, if Jackson Arnold has a moment, if he has a throw like he did in the spring game, and I guess that throw in the spring game was to like get it within one point, so hopefully it's not a situation like that. But if Arnold has a nice run or a great deep ball, he's probably probably going to be that guy on Saturday, I would guess. Everyone's excited to see JFA. You'd figure he gets plenty of run on Saturday, too. He'll, there will be no shortage of opportunity. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he got in in the second quarter and they, they gave him a drive to, to work with. Several yeah. folks have said Andrell Anthony catches a bomb. Like, we got four simultaneous texts from people that were like, Andrell Anthony catches a bomb to kick off the scoring. 
Well, if that happens, uh, it, Andrew Anthony, whoever is everyone just, ah, that's our number one wide receiver. There it is. We, uh, we talked about it all summer long. See, Andrew Anthony, first drive of the game, deep ball, 55 yards. He's our number one wide receiver. We might jump to, to some uh, quick conclusions after this game on Saturday. You want my prediction? On the what's going to happen on Saturday or the no, number one receiver? First, first touchdown. Austin Stogner. I like it. Intermediate over the middle. From Dylan Gabriel, Austin Stogner catches your first touchdown pass of the twenty. Does he go with a spike in the end zone? I hope so, man. Same end zone that he uh, picked up the the block punt. Did, didn't he? Did he score on that block punt? That was against the, FAU? That was the north end zone. Yeah. yeah, it was. I thought that was the West Virginia game that year. I could be wrong. Well, they blocked a punt against FAU in twenty eighteen. I guess is what it was. I could. That uh, would have been Buzzy Bolton. Yeah, yeah. But hey. I got Tawie Walker. I think Tawie Walker is going to embarrass a youngster from Arkansas. Arkansas State's going to be playing some freshmen per uh, Butch Jones. Well, and that's just just move out of the way, guys. You don't want none of Tawie Walker. Given what some of Tawie Walker's teammates have said about how hard it is to tackle that guy, I imagine a program like Arkansas State is going to have plenty of trouble bringing him down. Uh, you and I will not be doing a show tomorrow. Where are you going to be tomorrow? Ooh, where I think I'll be here in studio, 9 to 12, with Plank. Yeah, but then you're going up tomorrow to the state of Kansas, correct? Yes, Junction City, baby. Going to go watch four-star safety, Michael Boganowski. One of the few uncommitted targets left on the board for Oklahoma. So that is where I will be tomorrow evening. We're supposed to have Bob Stoops coming up in about 10 minutes. You say supposed to. Well, it's that three ten. It's supposed to happen, so I think it is going to happen. Bob Stoops coming up at three ten. How about that? The rush coming up as well, right here on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans.